ahead and give Jesus praise. Please put your hands together. Let's celebrate Jesus with a mighty clap. Somebody thank him that he brought us back together again. We are gathered back together again because of the mercies of God. Can you please celebrate Jesus with a better clap, offering? Hallelujah. And let's appreciate the temple choir. Put your hands together for them. Let's appreciate the praise and worship team. Glory be to Jesus. Amen. Please lift up your hands. Let's pray this quick prayer before we continue. Lift up your hands. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 9, there is no unrighteousness in God. Give me Romans 9.15. Let's all read it together. Look on the screen. Oh, Jesus. Who is there? All right, let me. I can just quote it, but I wanted us to read it. All right. So it talks about the fact that is there therefore any unrighteousness in God? He says, no. But he saith unto Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will. For it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but it is of God that showeth mercy. That is in verse 16. Now, 16 and 17. I want us to pray this morning that God's mercy will locate us. Uh, let me hear that amen again. I said that God's mercy will find you. Somebody lift up your hand and shout mercy. Listen, there are some of you here, God by his mercy alone, you'll be healed. There are some people here, it is only by the mercy of God that that door will open for your life. Did I hear you say something like an amen? There are some people here, it is just by the mercy of God alone that that marital door will open for you. Some people, it is just by the mercy of God that our children should rise to the top. This morning, I pray for you. May the mercy of God locate your destiny. Call for mercy. Say, Lord, have mercy. Mercy on my life. Are you sure of what you are saying? Shout and say, mercy on my life. Mercy on my family. Mercy on my health. Mercy on my destiny. Mercy on my children. Mercy on my finances. Shout, Lord, have mercy. Lift up your voice and cry for mercy. Lift up your voice and call for mercy this morning. We pray for your mercies. We pray for the sure mercies of David. We pray for the sure mercies of Almighty God. We pray for the mercy of God. It is not because we will. It is not because we run for it. But because of God that showed mercy. We pray, Father, this week have mercy. The rest of the month have mercy. Lord, by your mercy, turn our story around. By your mercy, Father, turn our destinies around. By your mercies, oh God, give your people a new beginning. Lift up your prayer this morning. By your mercies, Lord, 
heal that sickness let that sickness leave our bodies let that disease leave our people let that sickness let that infirmity be gone by the mercy of God church lift up your voice and pray lift up your prayer this morning father mercy lord have mercy lord have mercy lord have mercy lord have mercy lift up your prayer everybody here lift up your voice in the name of jesus christ lord have mercy in the name of jesus christ let mercy affect every judgment let mercy affect every judgment have mercy on our children have mercy on our families have mercy on your church have mercy upon every member of this church have mercy lord father we pray lord mercy father mercy your mercies your mercies that are new every morning in the name of jesus christ father we pray for mercy we pray for mercy we cry for mercy we call for mercy we call for mercy in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, show us mercy. Show us mercy, Lord. Show us mercy, Lord. Lift up your prayer. Cry for mercy. Are you praying? Everybody, lift up your voice. Lift up that prayer and tell God that God, I am a candidate for your mercy. I come by the blood of Jesus and I call for mercy. I call for your mercies. I call for the sure mercies of God that by your mercies heal my sickness. By your mercy, give me a turnaround. By your mercies, Lord, give me a new turnaround. In the name of Jesus Christ, by the mercies of God, the mercy of God, the mercy of God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody lift up your hands and shout mercy. Let me hear that voice. Somebody shout mercy. Listen, the only thing that averts certain judgments is the mercy of God. That somebody was appointed to suffer punishment but mercy can give you a new lease of life this morning as you shout amen may the mercy of God locate you wherever you are may the mercy of God I'm going to ask you to pray again listen there is this one thing in your life that you probably have prayed about you've asked God you've done whatever you must do but this morning you are going to ask God that God in this area of my life let your mercy prevail can I hear somebody say amen, amen. say Lord, Lord let your mercy prevail there are some of you you are dealing with sicknesses you are dealing with one problem you are dealing with something in particular and you don't even know what to do again this morning I came to speak to you the mercy of God will turn it around for you Lift up your hands. Say, Father. Father. Come on, shout it. Say, Father. Father. All I need, All need is your mercy. Your mercy. Say, Jesus, Jesus. Son, of Son of David, have mercy. Have mercy. Say, have mercy. have mercy. 
Say, have mercy. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your prayer this morning. Son of David, have mercy. Pray. Tell the Lord. Lord, I need mercy. Lord, I need mercy. In that situation, in that condition of my life, in that problem, in that challenge, Father, I need your mercy. For that child that is gone wayward, that child that is gone astray, that husband that seemed to be going astray, for that woman, that wife that seemed to be going astray, Father, show me mercy. Lift up your prayer. Lift up your prayer for that child, for that situation. Father, today, I pray for mercy. I ask for mercy. We ask for mercy. Nothing but mercy for that delayed marriage, that delayed opportunity, that delayed miracle, that delayed childbirth for that womb that is closed. Father, show us mercy. Show mercy, Lord. Before the end of this year, Matira Bahayada, before the end of this year, I pray the Lord, you will show mercy. You will have mercy. Have mercy on us. My father, my father, your mercy, your mercy, mercy, Lord, mercy, Lord, Jesus, son of David, have mercy, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on that marriage for that woman, for that man, for that brother, that sister that is at their wit's end. Father, mercy, Lord, mercy, Lord. Ayabasha, Likapatapaya, Liparagosha, Iparanda, Lipatapaya, Ketapiro Shata, Lifarita Parata, Liparaka, Liprasuta, Rapayatapaya, Likatapaya, Ayabashuta Lapaya, Your mercy's Father, Your mercy's Lord, Katilimi Atusha, Atunimia. Atula Baaya, Likati Parasha, Lipradusha, Ekatipa, Rabaya Shanda Kapaya, Lipada Paya, Rabaya Shanda Kapaya, Lipada Paya, Likada Payada, Rabaya Shadapa, Lipada Paya, Rabayada, Rabashanda Kapaya. Somebody call for mercy. Somebody say, Lord, have mercy, Lord, mercy, Lord. Makadapaya, lipo shati kaparata, yabashadapaya, likadapaya da, liparadapaya, ayabakadapaya da. In the name of Jesus. Anybody 
here believing God for a job, come to the altar right now. Come and lay your hands on the altar. Quick, 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 quick. Anybody here believing God for a job or you are standing in for somebody who needs a job. Hear this. In the next eight weeks, a miracle will take place. Ah. Yeah. Kamalusha balabaya daga. Everybody lift up your hands. Those of you standing to in the area of your finances, in the area of your business, your job. Everybody lift up your hand and say, Father. Father. Say, Father. Father. In the name of Jesus, I cry for mercy. Say, in the name of Jesus, by your mercies, any door that must open that must open as I pray let mercy open the door come on shout and say let mercy open the door lift up your voice and pray right now lift up your voice and pray right now let the mercy of God open that door let mercy open that door open that door let the mercies of God open that door let the mercies of God, let the mercies of God, let the mercies of God, let the mercies of God open that door in the name of Jesus. Let the mercies of God open that door. Let the mercies of God, let the mercies of God, let the mercies of God, let the mercies of God open that door. Open that door, open that door. Let the mercies of God. Aya parada da baya, le paradosha, le te parada da baya, le parada baya da. Makodi parada baya, le te parosha da kabaya, le ya parada da baya, aya makada baya da baya. Let the mercies of God. Let the mercies of God open that door. Open that door. Open that door. In the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody clap your hands and shout mercy. I can't hear you. I say clap your hands and shout mercy. for a job. If it is possible and you can take out an offering in your hand anything you have drop it here as your thanksgiving because the door is open in the name of Jesus Christ. Quickly do this quickly. Hurry up. Hurry up. Hurry up. Hurry up. Hurry up. Hurry up. There are two people here before the end of this year hear this. Your promotion will finally surface. I said your promotion will finally surface. In the name of Jesus Christ. Help me sing this song. Yes, um, yam, yam. Oh, you are one. Breathe your answer. Lift up your hands. Let's sing it. This is an anointing service today.
Mano. Lift up your voice. Are you singing it?
Jesus, everybody. Lift up your hands. This morning, Father, I pray, Lord, and I ask for mercy. For that brother, for that sister, for that mother, for that father who's knocked on doors, they've sought for opportunities, they've cried for help, they've been through the thick, they've been through the thin, they've gone through all the things they need to go through, but it seems as if there is no help. This morning, we join faith together and we say, let mercy speak. Like Bartimaeus, we cry with a loud voice that Jesus, son of David, have mercy. By your mercy, heal that sickness that looks incurable. Let it be healed in the name of Jesus. By your mercy, open that door that seemed permanently shut. By the mercy of God, we pray that where there was no way, Lord, make a way. Make a way. Father, let mercy speak. We ask in Jesus' name for that jobless brother and sister, for that one whose business seems to be dying. Lord, we speak in the name of Jesus and we call for mercy. Lord, before we arrive back here next week, let us have a testimony that mercy have done it again. That your mercy have done it again. In the name of Jesus, receive the mercy of God upon your life. In your marriage, receive mercy. In your family, receive mercy. For your wayward children, receive mercy to bring them home. Ah, for that marriage that is delayed, receive mercy. Receive the mercies of God upon your life. In the name of Jesus Christ, somebody clap your hands and shout that amen three times. Shake three people and tell them, Mercy just located you. Ah, come on, make that announcement right now. Mercy just located you. Mercy, 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 mercy. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lift up your Bibles with me. I'm waiting for you. Don't sit in. You can't find your Bible in your bag. I'm still waiting for you. I'm waiting for your Bible. Amen. Bibles, Bibles, yes. Keep your Bible. What is the other name for Buddha? Uh, no, not talisman. The thing they used to. Huh? Buddha, yes, I know it's Buddha. Huh? Buddha, yes. It's Kokonsa. Kokonsa Buddha. Lift up your Bible. How can a Christian go to church, live your life without the word of God? No, it's not possible. Lift up your Bible. So this is my Bible. It is the word of God. 
I believe what he says I am. I can do what he says I can do. I am not a hearer only. I'm a doer of the word. Say by this word, I break barriers. I move into new levels. My life is changing. I am anointed for his glory. By this word, I attract his mercy. Wave your Bible. Wave your Bible and shout a big amen. God bless you. Please be seated. I'm going to continue briefly from where we left off last week, Sunday. And when I'm done, today's an anointing service. We are going to have an anointing service. Oh, I thought you said amen. Amen. It's like you're not expectant of anything. I said, we are going to have an anointing service. (laughs) All right. So, last week, we spoke about what, who can tell me the topic we dealt with last week? Sorry? Sorry? Okay, it's amount of impact. But what was the topic? Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not the way you are laughing. It's like you have an answer for me. Sorry? Okay, so yeah, you, you got it somehow. The work of the man of God. All right. Today I'm going to speak basically about the man of God. It is almost a continuation of what we are dealing with. But it's a month of impact. Um, So, the man of God in this context, as we started dealing with from last week, refers to the pastor or an apostle, a prophet, a teacher, or anyone God calls or God has called to lead his flock. So, that is the context in which we are dealing with this subject of the man of God. Anyone God calls, he gives them a personal experience. Ministry or the calling of God has to do with personal experiences. Everybody say with me, personal experiences. And I want you to please give me attention this morning because I'll be saying some things in a very simple way. However, they will go a long way to impact your life if you get what I'm trying to say. Now, it is this personal experiences that makes it impossible for any human being to look at a person and say that this one is not called. Because when Moses encountered his burning bush, nobody was there and nobody knew what was happening. When God calls somebody, he gives them personal experience. There is something Bishop Mohini told me one day, and I'll never forget it. He said, Ray, when I'm dealing with pastors, I'm very careful. Because I don't know what God told them in their secret place. So anytime before you raise a finger, or before you raise a word against any man of God, to judge his calling, find out first where they are coming from. Yeah. 
there are some who have made themselves so blemished that it becomes difficult to tell where they stand. However, the calling of the person must not be touched. I'll give you an example. Moses came with a law or a rule from God and said that nobody shall marry an outsider. And then he turned aside and went to marry an Ethiopian woman, a black woman. And then his brother, Aaron, and his sister, Miriam, who were older, who were both older than him, came to him and said, Moses, who do you think you are? You told the people, and then you see what you have gone to do. And then they added something, and this is where God struck. Do you think that you are the only one whom God has called? Who, who do you think of yourself? Are you the only? Now, it was the same sin that Dathan, Korah, and Abiram committed. When they said, Moses, you have taken too much upon yourself. Are you the only one? Now, once you touch the calling on the person, you are not dealing with the man anymore. You are dealing with God. Is somebody understanding what I'm talking about? Because every man of God that is called have a personal experience. There is this man of God in the so many years ago, I read a story. I've forgotten his exact name, but I remember where I read the story from. He had his wife, and the wife, it is said the wife was troublesome, troublesome. But somehow, he managed her. And then one day, the wife actually descended on his calling. When we say descend on the calling, do you understand it? It's like, now stop dealing with him as a husband and started dealing with him casting aspersions. Then this man was praying. He was just praying. He said something carried the wife out of the room and three were outside. Nobody was there. But you see, God will always vindicate the investment he makes into people. Amen? Watch it. Any nation that comes to the point where they no more respect God and no more respect the people of God or the children of God or people that God have called, they begin to move into apostasy and they begin to move into all sorts of judgment. May God spare us in the name of Jesus Christ. That is why I keep on telling you, don't make your house a court to judge men of God. And and then you go home. Some of you, that's why you gather. That's why you pick phones to call people in a water soft way, in a soft way, in a soft way. Hey! Take it easy. Is somebody here with me today? And if you are God, if somebody is God's ambassador, God gives them credentials. And those credentials are given in prayer. God gives them credentials. There are things that match them that this one is mine. And those ones, they are received in an intimate relationship with God. And let me put in this caveat. Having said all this, that is why it is necessary that the man of God must conduct himself well. Can I hear somebody say amen? Yeah. You can't be a man of God. Now we will put Oh, what a rough, rough. 
that you see when you there are things when you do you give people an occasion to also point accusing fingers does somebody understand what i'm talking about and there are some of you church members too you are you are aiders and abettors uh, is that how they say it? Aiding, you aid and abet certain conduct and behaviors because you don't like places where nobody will take advantage of you you want a place where the pastor will bath you he will take your money he will will shake you do some things, concussions, give it to you to drink. They say, hey, Some of you, and so you, you make you make certain attitude, and then when you go and then they deal with you, then you not come back. Oh, Ask somebody, But God uses insignificant. You see, most of the times people find it difficult to accept, especially when God calls somebody. It is easy at this point for, for you to look at someone like Archbishop Charles Aginasari, Dr. Mensah Tabel, and accept that oh, these are men of God. But when God called them in their 20s, it is very, very easy to look at them and say, oh, but this one, how can this one be a pastor? And just ignore them. Why? Because God will always call people when sometimes very insignificant. Very, very insignificant. They don't look like anybody. They don't look like anything becoming anybody at all. In First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27, the Bible says, First Corinthians 1 27, for God chooses the foolish things of this world to do what? Are there some Bible students here? God chooses the foolish things of this world to do what? To confound the wise. I'll never forget it. Years ago, I went to this house. A friend of mine took me to a place to go and pray for a man. That was a man. I named my first son after. And, um, you know, my friend is short and smallish. Even that time, I was taller and bigger than him. And then he told the man that, you know, the man was having some challenges. He said, oh, I have this man of God. I'll bring him to come and pray for you. So this man is the one who tells us this story. He said he was home one day. And then they were waiting for Payao and his uh, where is Mrs. Yosin? Okay, Mrs. Yosin, you know, you know, okay, Abner, you know, you know him. My very good friend. He was waiting for this guy to bring the man of God who is coming to pray for them. Then, <laughs> the guy enters, and then I was following. <laughs> he said, when we entered, he said to himself, Ah, <laughs> I mean, but we prayed for him. By the time we finished praying, you know, the Holy Ghost hit him to the ground a few times and things, and he got up and he realized, oh, no, no, this one, <laughs> he must sit up well. But fast forward, a long-standing problem was solved. God gave him a big miracle. Amen? But most of the times, God uses the insignificant to glorify himself. And it is not the responsibility of God that when you are insignificant and he calls you, he should come and make you. You must also be willing to push yourself. And God will always give you people who will push you to the place where he's sending you to. Some of you, that is the reason why God has brought you to this house. If you are clapping your hands, clap it well. 
So, Elisha was a farmer and God made him an international prophet. Esther was a slave. Ruth was a nobody. Peter was a common fisherman. And yet, all these people, God called them out of insignificance and made them insignificant people to be a blessing to their generation. Amen? There is something Ora Robert said in one of his books. He said his mother, his mother is very smallish. One day, when God started using him, one day his mother came to him and pointed his finger. His, he said, my mother had a tiny finger, pointed his finger into, into his face and said that you, Ora, as long as you remain small in your own eyes, God will always make you great. And some of you, if you only remain small in your own eyes, God will continue to make you great. Amen? Moses was in somewhere. He was in a somewhere and God picked him and decided to glorify his name through his life. One other thing that happens is that every man of God you see is an offspring of another man of God. Whenever you want to look at a man, check where he has come from. When you meet men of God, who can't tell you where they came from? Who their pastor was and who their pastor is? It should tell you there is a problem. It is only Elijah who appeared on the scene. And we don't know where he came from. All we see is that Elijah the Tishbite. And even him, he had a reference point. He came from Tishbite. So when you meet a man of God, you should be able to tell where has he come from? Who is his pastor? If he has no pastor, he has no track record of when he became born again where he was groomed, where he was raised, where he was taught to do the work of God, then you must question yourself, where am I going to? Amen? So, we see how Moses prayed for Joshua. And God said to Joshua, I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I stand here today because I have a reference point. Anywhere I stand, anywhere I go, anywhere I go, in any part of the world, I don't forget one thing, that I am somebody's son. The same God of my father, Ajinasari, is always with me. And this morning, I came to say to you, may that same grace work upon your life in the name of Jesus Christ. I don't like your amen. I said, may that same grace work for you in the name of Jesus Christ. Lift up your hand and shout a big amen. So, we see how Moses started his ministry, throwing down the rod. When he started his ministry, look at the experience of Moses in Pharaoh's house, even before Pharaoh's house, and all the experiences he had. When Joshua started his ministry, Joshua didn't have any Pharaoh to deal with. Moses started his ministry throwing down a rod. Joshua started his ministry by stepping into the water Jordan, and it parted into two. It means that when you follow and you follow well, there is a certain blessing that cuts short your labor and lift you up faster than you must go. I pray for you today. May the grace of God carry you further than you've ever dreamt of in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let me say this before I continue. The man of God is God's investment. Any man of God you meet, they are God's investment. He does not just throw them away because you have a problem with them. <laughs> when you meet any man of God, 
God has taken his time to invest into them. It is a process. When you deal with a man of God, you are not just dealing with a man, you are dealing with a whole process. So when you are dealing with any man of God and you just take it like, oh, no, it doesn't happen like that. There are people who, especially in denominations, like Pereshap, where we have branches and things like that. Recently, some, some people called, called me and said, you know, we have a problem with our pastor. Come and take the pastor away. And myself came. Do you understand that language? Yeah. When you do that, my, now I'm a, myself will come. What do you mean? <laughs> Somebody asked, how many people in your family became pastors? Do you know what it means? It is God's investment. There are some of, all of, all of us here who have children. There are times when our children do things we don't like. True or false? Oh, come on. Your children are not angels. Talk to me. Is it true? There are times when our children can really get on our nerves. Have you thrown them away because they got on your nerves? Did you sack them because they wronged you? What do you do? Especially the mothers. Sometimes, even when they are wrong and the father picks up the cane, the mother says, oh, no, not 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 the mother begins to recount the toil and the investment men of God are God's investment When Ghana gives you scholarship to go and study anywhere, they make you sign a bond that we are making an investment in you. When you go and you finish education, you must come back. Even though they don't have jobs to give you in Ghana, they still tell you to come back. What a shame. Sometimes, politicians, when you think, when you look at them, ah, you wonder, you see, Recently, I've been thinking that when people are appointed or when people get into certain positions, every year, we must have a mental examination of them to be sure if they are still okay. Oh, seriously. Yeah, because sometimes along the line, some of the things, you sit back and you are like, ah. Alone, I don't know. Some of the like, but when we make investment, we expect that people should return. Because an investment has been made into them. When God calls somebody, that's why the Bible says that you don't put a novice in office. A novice simply means that somebody who is not properly groomed, somebody who is not properly on being yet. You don't just pick somebody who became born again, you know, one year ago. I'm apostle. Two years ago, I'm prophet. So, so and so. You became born again three years ago, five years ago. I'm bishop. So, so and so. No, it doesn't happen like that. It is a whole investment. Is somebody understanding what I'm talking about? So, but the man can see, he can prophesy. It doesn't qualify you because it is a whole investment over the period. 
So when you are dealing with somebody like Archbishop Charles Ajinasari, you are not just dealing with him, his message he's preaching this morning. You are dealing with 41 years of investment. As I'm standing here, I'm not just preaching a message. This is an investment of over 25 years. Is somebody understanding what I'm talking about? So God will not just throw his people away because, hey, we don't like him. Because I don't like him. In fact, I don't like the way, I don't like the way he cut his hair. You know, I don't, I don't like a pastor whose, whose, whose stomach is not big. A pastor must be tall and have a big stomach. You see? Tell your neighbor, pastors are God's investments. Oh, come on, say it again. Say, pastors are God's investments. And pastors are called. And when this investment is made, God expects us to prove our calling. So in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 5, 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 5, it says, But watch thou in all things, endure affliction, afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry make full proof so it says that be watchful in all things and deal afflictions i'm sure maybe next week or thereabout we'll deal with some of these things about enduring afflictions and all of that but it says endure afflictions do the work do the work and you see last week we were talking about the work labor and every time Paul refers to the man of God, he talks about labor, he talks about work, and so on and so on. And he says, proof, make full proof of your ministry. So, you prove, we prove our ministry by our congregation being blessed. I said to you last week, and I've been saying it to you, it is not every church you sit in and you progress. No, don't get it wrong. It is not every ministry you sit under and doors open for you. Don't take it for granted. Tell your neighbor, don't take it for granted. Oh, no, no. You didn't tell it. Look at the person tell the person, don't take it for granted. It is not every church you sit in and you get correct men coming to propose to you. So please, don't take it for granted. Yeah. For me, I know, Perez Chapel is a great commission. Oh, come on here. I said, this is a great commission. When I came in here, I didn't have nothing. I was a nobody. I used to enter church with Chaliwati. Today, by the grace of God, even though I am not where I want to be, thanks be to God, I am not where I used to be. And some of you, over the past few years, I've been with you, I've seen you. I've seen how God is shifting you and how God is lifting you up. May your rising continue unabated. The one who said the loudest amen, I said, may your rising continue unabated. Not too long ago, a couple walked into the office and said, Bishop, we don't understand how we are building a house. He said, one match, two and one man. The man said, Bishop, I don't know where the money is coming from. But we are building. We are almost finished. <laughs> I said, that is a God of wonders. Some of you, by the time you finish that house, 
you will ask yourself, is this my building? Some of you, you are going to get jobs you never applied for. Jobs that after six months, you will still be wondering if it is you. If it is you still on that job. Receive that grace upon your life in the name of Jesus. Yeah. But it is by the congregation being blessed, being healed, being delivered, souls being saved, needs of people being met, people making progress in life. So when you sit under a ministry and you see these signs, remember, he said, no man can do these works except God be with him. And he said, oh, Bishop, I've seen others have that breakthrough and that blessing. I've not seen mine yet. Oh, but let me tell you something. The fact that you've seen somebody's own happen is a sign to tell you that yours is next to happen. Oh, I said, yours is next to happen. Look at somebody and tell the person, I am the next for the miracle. Well, you couldn't say it to the person. Say it to the person that I am the next to break through. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you are not married, tell the person I'm the next to marry. If you have not bought a car yet, tell the person I'm the next to buy my car. If you have not built your house yet, tell the person I'm the next to build my house. If you have not yet gone to America and come back, tell the person I'm the next to travel and come back. Somebody shout yes! But it will happen. Oh, Life and call it. University. University. You go and escort the child at the airport. You too. And you say bye bye to your child going to America. Somebody shout hey! church you sit in and good things happen to you. Are you understand what I'm talking about? I had classmates. A friend of mine called me within the week. He said, oh, he wants to come and see me. I said, oh. And the way he was talking, I said, Charlie, come, come, come. He said, oh. He said, oh. He said, oh. He said, oh. I called somebody to see if they can get a point. Oh, this is my classmate, oh. This is not my secondary school classmate. This is my Bible school classmates. <laughs> said, oh, so I wanted to come and see you. Said, oh, I wanted to come. Then I saw that you are in this place. I saw you had traveled. I saw you at this. Said, oh. Then you know what he added? He said, he said Bishop, you mean we didn't Amen. Let me move to something. You see, it is in your own interest as a Christian to help your pastor fulfill his ministry. Tell somebody it is in your interest to help the bishop and the pastors to fulfill their ministry. in your own interest. 
The reason is this. The ministry of the pastor is not the building. It is you. So when his ministry is fulfilled and is fruitful, it means that your life will be fulfilled and fruitful. Unfortunately, most Christians will help other pastors fulfill their ministry for their congregation. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. One day I was telling somebody, I said, I'm your pastor. I'm the one who intercedes for you. Every day I see somebody, another pastor doing program and that's what you promote on your Facebook and your WhatsApp status. You see, some pastor won't tell you. But me, I called him and I told him that this is the problem. You, I said, yeah. Me, when you even want to go and see him you probably will kill they may not even let you see him but he's the one you want to help him to fulfill he said oh bishop is it not the same kingdom of God it's the same kingdom of God but you see in the kingdom of God God has given us families. Are we not all Ghanaians and Nigerians? Are we not Africans here? Yeah. So why, why, why do we say some are fantasies and some are guns? Because God placed solitaries into families. So you, you won't build your family. You are building somebody's family. When you are hungry, then you come to your family and come and tell your family that I'm hungry, so feed me. Is that how to do it? Oh, come on, talk to me, talk to me, church. Is that how to do it? So ask your neighbor, what are you doing to help this ministry to succeed? What are you doing? Look, I don't want to come down. Please. Ask your neighbor. Ask your neighbor for me. What are you doing to help this ministry to succeed? Yeah. What did the person say? Ask the person. Is it concern? And you see, I meet, I meet so many Christians and I get amazed sometimes. When they are students, Oh, then, you know, back then, when they don't have a job, when they are in difficulty, they are always with the church. As soon as God starts blessing them, then they, they are the ones who start making comments like, and hey, they want our money. Yeah. May God give you grace to help this ministry to succeed. Look, God knows my heart. If God blesses me, the little he gives me, I do my bit. But I'm looking for the day where this ministry, as a pastor, a man of God, together with my family, we can donate like five million dollars a year and say for the so that when we come to church, we tell people if you want, give offering, if you want, go home. Yeah, so you see, you must ask yourself, what, what am I doing to help bishop and the pastors fulfill their ministry? What am I doing? Every day, that should be a question on your mind. Somebody say, I hear. No, you didn't hear. I say, shout, I hear. Yeah. Because when, you see, a pastor is fulfilling his ministry, his leadership and direction is sharp. You, you know he's taking us somewhere. But when the pastor is beaten, battered, confused, Criticize, he he's heartbroken and everything. Charlie, it's not easy. 
Are you blessed in this church? Oh, okay, at least 13 people said they are blessed. Are you blessed in this church? So what did you contribute to make this church what it is? What have you contributed? And what are you still contributing to make this church what it is? Some of you, you've never won a soul. Never, never invited anybody to church. Never. One day, when David was in exile, he said, ah, I test, I desire the waters of Bethlehem to drink. Ah. And two men crossed over the garrison of the Philistines, went to fetch water from Bethlehem and brought it to David. When he saw the water, he said, no, this is too much sacrifice. So they will never be forgotten. And that is what you must look for. I'm not talking about those who, who sell their, their help. No. I'm not talking about blackmailers. No. That is why, look, I appreciate the people who serve sacrificially. There are some people, their heart desire. They will call you bishop. Is there something what are we doing? And then you see them always on the beat. And you know this one, it is not because of anything. It is not because of money. It's not because you give them something. It is just because they love the ministry and they are promoting the ministry. Such people, eh? even 50 years and 100 years later, your family will still be reaping the blessings. Yeah, they are the ones clapping. They are the ones who clapped. A man of God or the man of God is a guide. He shows people the way. He gives direction. In Romans chapter 2 verse 19, he says, and art confident that thou thyself art a guide of the blind and the light of them which are in darkness. So, if the man of God is a guide and he's showing people the way, it means that the man of God must see well. He must see well. He's a teacher. First Timothy chapter 3 verse 2. He says, a bishop then must be blameless. A husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, a good behavior, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, able to teach. Able to teach. So, a man of God must be a teacher. He must be a guide and he must give direction. He must also be able to teach the word of God. So, in Ezekiel, he says, I will give you pastors after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. I was saying on Wednesday that my first responsibility as a pastor is not to prophesy to you. No. My first responsibility as a pastor is not to tell demons to come out. The first responsibility of any pastor is to feed the congregation with knowledge and understanding. Is somebody here with me? It is by this that we grow. You will reach your destination in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, let me hear somebody say a better amen. There are so many things I could talk about that the man of God is a builder. Write it down 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 10. The man of God is a sower. He sows the seed of God's word. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 3. The man of God is a reaper of the harvest. John chapter 4 
verse 35 to 38 the man of God is a soldier is a soldier oh I like that one is <laughs> a soldier at all times ready second Timothy chapter 2 verse 3 in all these ask yourself what can I do to make the man of God succeed in his assignment what must I do what can I do what can I do what must I be doing how am I just supposed to come to church and just go I don't contribute anything you don't you don't you, you're, you're not part of anything that happens and there are some of you seated there you know very well that you could have made much more input to make the ministry work do better may God give you grace to do it oh I said may God give you grace to do it amen time will not permit me maybe in the second service I will deal with some few other things but you see there are there are things that destroys a church and every man of God will always come under pressure when these things are exhibited like when you discourage when people discourage others from serving God discouraging others from serving God when you spread gossip when you criticize leadership unjustifiably criticisms I had a testimony of a certain preacher over the week on social media. He was saying that there was a point in his life where three months, he never preached in his own church. Three months. He couldn't take a microphone. He said he was afraid to take a microphone to preach. You know why? He said they would criticize him. He said his church members, they criticize him until the point that when it is Saturday, getting to Sunday, then he's afraid. Because you trouble, you trouble. Look, some of you don't know, eh? but there are pastors who cry. I didn't say I cry. My wife, why are you looking at me? <laughs> but sometimes we cry. We. <laughs> Everybody who stood here spoke three minutes, at most four minutes. I've been standing here for close one hour, talking, 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 talking. The possibility for me to make a mistake is very high. When you stand here for three minutes and you make a mistake, you expect that everybody should understand and forgive you. When I speak for one hour and I make a mistake, you get offended. So you see how it is. Am I talking to somebody here today? There are people, there are pastors who have been criticized, heavily criticized. And so, when they are even preaching, the confidence to say what God is telling them to say is not there. And so, you know, sometimes there are pastors' wives who, when they close from church, they are in a hurry to leave their church because they are, they are, they have been wounded. There are pastors' kids who sometimes don't want to have anything to do with the church. There is a gentleman who came here one day. To minister, I won't show you the person, you will know the person. 
He said, he came to my office and we we're talking. He said, Bishop, my father is a pastor. But I've not gone to church for more than four years. I said, why? He said, Bishop. Then he started crying. He said, the way the church dealt with my father and the way they have dealt with me. So you see, I'm very protective of my children for a reason. When your children make mistakes, a lot of Christians, when their children make mistakes, it is all right. When the pastor's child makes a mistake, you're so No, 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 mistake. So mistake. I am the one who is a pastor. My child is not a pastor. Am I talking to somebody today? You see, you see this man talking there. His father is a pastor. Yeah, his father is a pastor. Sometimes you don't even understand, but a lot of pastors' children end up backsliding because of sometimes the criticisms. You know, Papa, the Archbishop was saying one day that his children, when they were going to a certain school, the children, the people used to laugh at the children that eh, they, they are using church money. To pay their school fees, church money. It's like it's like everything about the pastor's child is, is church money. Our offering is our offering. No. And the criticisms, the criticism. You do this. You say, hey, 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 and then the pastor, and the bishop, and the bishop. Ah, one day I asked a certain woman, in the sofa, saying, "Can you The pastor. Some of you. Let me ask you me standing here, if I was your biological brother, if I had come from the same father and the same mother with you, some of you mothers, if I was your son, some of you men, if I was your son, would you have done differently? Uh, I'm not emotional. I'm just preaching. (laughs) So sometimes, the last thing you should do is to criticize. You know, you criticize people until they feel like, ah, I'm useless. I've dealt with pastors who, who sit in front of you, pastors, grown-ups, and they will cry. I've dealt with the situation. A pastor, he, we- he wept in my office and I also started weeping. What happened? Nobody has died, though. Criticisms. And he said, it was on a Tuesday, he said, Bishop, Sunday, find somebody to come and preach in the church. I can't preach. I can't preach. I can't preach to them. I can't preach to these people. Yeah. Because Hey. But that is why this church is a blessed church. Yeah. Sometimes people instigate controversy. You are destroying the church. When you do this, is you instigate controversy and agitation. It's like Aluta leaders. Demo leaders. What can I Toboy. 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 Yeah. Toboy. Yeah. Sometimes when I appreciate people, some people don't understand. But I have a deep sense of appreciation. There are, there are people you pass and it's very, very difficult. You see these instrumentalists here? You see me most of the times talk about them. It's not because of anything. They are not perfect people. Yeah. Especially this one sitting there. It's not very... 
Be careful. But you see, one day I had a conversation with them that playing instruments in church and taking money is not good. It's unchristian. And we spoke about it. And they said, Bishop, we understand. So, in Perez Chapel, one of the few churches where we don't pay our instrumentalists is here. These people, they don't take any money for doing what they do. So, they are not playing because after service, we give them money. Where's your Bible? Make a Bible. I'm saying it publicly because for me they're starting to hide. Are you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. May God give us grace in Jesus' name. So what are you doing to support the work of the man of God? Ask somebody for the last time. What are you doing to support the work of the man of God? No, no, no. They didn't hear you. Please stand and go to the person and ask the person for me. What are you doing? What are you doing? No, ask the person. Please stand and ask the person. What are you doing to support the work of the man of God? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? You don't see somebody. You won't call the person. You don't win a soul. You don't invite anybody to church. You won't join a department. You won't come for, I mean, you, Nothing. You won't pay your tithe. You won't give offering. You, you, you took a taxi. You took Uber. And you paid 50 CDs to church. You will pay 50 CDs back. And you gave first offering, two CDs. Second offering, three CDs. And then when you come, you say, Ah, better than, better than fat. It's small, but you can air conditioner. Five CDs, you have the air condition. I see somebody say, oh, bishop. <laughs> ah! Mama, I see my make a rebo. What for transport? 100 Ghana. Now what to offering? It's like, you know, for most people, when, when you see them thinking of, oh, if God gives me like $100,000, and you see them aligning their plans, church is not part of Pastor is not part Meanwhile, when the thing is coming, Bishop, please pray for me. Bishop, is it breakthrough be a bar? One day somebody came and asked, said, Oh, Bishop, okay. The blessing came. So, oh, have you even gone to give this man of God so and so amount? And he was telling me the amount he gave to the man of God. And he was asking me, How much should he give to the other man of God? And I said, Yeah, it's good. Look, and the truth of the matter is this. I don't pray for anybody expecting that Ubinez can bring me. When we do that, we'll be so disappointed, we'll die early. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm telling you. Look, some of the people who have blessed me the most in this church are people who they don't even drive a car. Yeah. Yeah. They've been consistent. They, it's like, they, they, <laughs> There is one particular guy in this church. He will always send me a message. He said, Bishop. And the words of encouragement, when I read it, one day he walked up to me and gave me an envelope and said, Bishop, 
I'm blessed by your sermon. When I opened the envelope, it was 50 Ghana cities. I said, God bless this guy. I said, God bless him. There's a guy one day who brought me money. When I took the money, I knew that this is money. And meanwhile, that guy, at that time, the guy didn't have anything. So later I asked him, I said, where did you get the money from? He said, oh, I've been saving to give it to you. <laughs> Let me say this in closing. Someone said to his pastor, I'm sorry for bleeding over you knowing that it was not you that cut me. Do you understand that? I'm sorry for bleeding. He said, I'm sorry that anytime I'm bleeding, I bleed over you. Knowing that you didn't cut me to bleed, yet I come, when I get cut, I come and I bleed over you. And then he continued to say, to say this. <laughs> Most pastors I know have come to a point where you are so broken and to the point that you are leading us whilst you are bleeding. Sometimes we see you bleeding so badly. Sorry for bleeding over you when you are also bleeding. I've closed. Can we get anointing oil? Let's have the quick anointing service. Yes, way. Where you may yo. Father, we bless this oil. We ask that Lord, as we anoint ourselves, let mercy and let your grace locate us in Jesus' name. Amen. Send it round quickly. All right. Can we don't send it round? Just stand in the house quickly. Just stand in the house and then come just like we take the offering. Yeah, Pastor Beku, stand here, Pastor. No, no. All right, and then somebody go over there. That's it. So come from this side. Those of you here, come this way. Those here, come. all right. Quickly, let's do that quickly. I actually wanted you to anoint them, but it's all right. We'll do that in a second service. Hey, Gifty, welcome.
And close your eyes, everybody. Thank you, Lord. Those upstairs, have you been anointed? You've not been anointed. All right, quickly, let's do that. Everybody, close your eyes with me, please. If you are here this morning and your sins are not forgiven, you are not sure if you die today, you go to heaven. I want to give you an opportunity to settle your relationship with God today. If you are here like that, you want God to forgive you your sins. Please wave your hand at me so that I can pray for you. You want God to forgive you your sins. If you are here, you want God to forgive you your sins. Yes. Please wave that hand at me. Yes, you want God to forgive you your sins. Take your Bible. Take your bag. Whatever you came with. Come to me right now. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Come. Come to me. Let me pray for you. You want God to forgive you your sins. Come. Walk to me. Keep clapping for them as they come. There is one person I saw coming. There is one person. You are a guy. You are standing there. Please hurry up. You want your sins forgiven. Hurry up and join me in front here right now. By the count of three. Whoever the person is. Whoever the person is. You want. You know very well that all is not well between you and God. I want you to come to me right now. Wherever you are standing. By the count of three. One. If you don't come, I'll continue. Two. You want your sins for you a man run to me i see you in the spirit all right come on church clap your hands lift up your hands church everybody lift up your hands i want you to pray this prayer with me pray it like your own prayer okay say with me say lord jesus i am a sinner i cannot save myself forgive me all my sins wash me with your blood make me a new person I receive Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Amen. Father, thank you for these lives. Establish them in your kingdom. Let them never be the same again. In Jesus' name. Amen. You see this dear sister? Kindly follow her. She will tell you something before you leave. Church, appreciate them with a mighty clap offering. Take out your second offering.